Today, I'm talking about cooks, cooking, and politics. Yeah, that sounds like an odd mix, but I think it works. I'm talking a bit about a standard, one that can exist in cooks and should exist in politicians. How well it is or is not is another show, but today, I'm talking about First Principles. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 116. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello folks, Dan Reed here with the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. There's still time to order the paperback version of my cookbook, Cooking for Comfort, from Amazon. Check out the reader-submitted photos as well as read the introduction at culinarylibertarian.com slash cookingforcomfort. If you have had enough of the stop and start and stop again government schools and the failure of those same classes on schoology, it might be time to give proper homeschooling a try. Use my affiliate link culinarylibertarian.com slash homeschool to learn about the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. This is a program for success, and you can have peace of mind that your kids are learning. CulinaryLibertarian.com slash homeschool for your sanity and your kids' education. It's a solo episode today, this first podcast after Thanksgiving. And I just ran across an article, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it. It's about Julia Child. Julie Child, who we who remember her, was a larger-than-life television and food personality on TV. You know she made it big when Dan Aykroyd aped her on Saturday Night Live. Why Julia is a topic, aside from being an almost unreachably high standard for a home cook, is due to an article I recently read about her. The article... How Julia Child Used First Principles Thinking was on the Frenham Street blog, fs.blog, discussing how she somewhat stumbled into cooking and then finding fault with many of the recipes. She felt, as I read the article, that while those words on the page may lead to successfully making that specific dish, those recipes did nothing to teach cooking skills. I'm going to kind of meander a bit in this episode because pieces of one interesting idea lead me to another idea with relevant ties. I'll do my best to tie it all up at the end like a trust Christmas goose. Save the liver! Whether or not Julia knew of Escoffier, his work is a benchmark for cooking French cuisine. While it is quite precise in what is to be done, it is not a go-to-learn cookbook, Escoffier's procedures, and that's really what we're talking about here, expect the reader cook to know how to cook. In the old French parlance, knowing how to cook meant all facets of the kitchen, including cooking vegetables, making soups and sauces, making pâtés and sausages, butchering, and, of course, cooking. 
As I read Escoffier, and specifically La Guide Culinaire, even cooks had to have some skill with baking and pastry, but here there was a division of labor into that specialized area. Let's focus on the phrase I just used, old French parlance. What makes Escoffier especially interesting is he took the ancient traditions, the old order, l'ancien régime, and codified it through trial and error to ensure a procedure would work again and again. There exists, or existed, a book in French called The Book of Menus, that's the English phrase, I dare not attempt the French, which has many of his menus from various hotels and functions over the course of his career. Reading it, I can read food French, is a bit of a literary, culinary, archaeological journey watching his ideas take shape. Escoffier's magnum opus is La Guide Culinaire and represents years of perfecting some 5,012 procedures. For Escoffier's cooking, among over 5,000 procedures, we can find his first principles for cooking. In short, do the right things at the right time and do them in the right order. Sounds pretty simple, right? I have quipped before on this show about how the procedure may read braise in the usual manner. Well, that quip is not to suggest the procedure for braise isn't in La Guide Culinaire. It is. He's quite specific. Older meats are better, but too old, that's never identified, will yield poor results. And there is lots of detail in exactly how to get the most from that braise. So every cooking procedure he mentions to perform in the usual manner is described at the beginning of the relevant chapter, meat or fish or vegetable. What Julia lamented about in those cookbooks she started cooking with was the lack of teaching. At least one example seems necessary. The vast majority of cooking recipes will likely have a procedure which reads, cook the ingredients, onions, garlic, whatever, for one minute, then do the next thing. In a few, precious few cookbooks, the procedure will read, add the ingredient, onion or garlic, whatever, and allow to allow that to cook until you smell the aroma. Then, do the next thing. The difference in words is subtle, but the imprinting on the cook is huge. Learn to use your sense of smell. Now, also, you're going to learn to use your sense of hearing, because those two things are critical, in addition to sense of sight, to learning to cook. So that is a lesson in cooking. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Once you learn that, now you're a better cook. Of those cookbooks, which instruct the cook to use his senses, few of them will explain what happens between the aroma being released and burn. In between those two ends is where flavor is built. Caramelization is flavor, and so is burn of flavor, but one is far more preferred than the other. As the reading cook learns how far to let the aroma build, 
as she recognizes how that aroma changes and how that translates into flavor in the final dish is a cooking lesson to build upon. Where one procedure may read, don't burn the onions or the garlic, the vast expanse of flavor between the onion or garlic going in the pan and it reaching a burn is pretty big. I've thought about other crafts or jobs which might have first principles I can identify. I'll discuss at least one of them right after this word from one of my affiliates. Folks, you know, of course, Christmas is not too far off. Instead of another box of fudge or black truffle oil, give them a gift that is personalized and shows the Christmas spirit every year. Shop Personalization Mall with my affiliate link, culinarylibertarian.com slash personalized gifts and save at least 30% on a huge variety of gifts waiting for your inspiration. Choose from stocking stuffers such as keychains or shot glasses to stockings, wine glasses or beer cozies. Personalization Mall can do engraving or embroidery or even put a photo on a coffee mug. And Santa Caps make perfect Christmas Eve gifts for the kids to wear while passing out presents on Christmas morning. Big gifts for friends and family or for the folks at the office. Personalization Mall has over 18,000 five-star reviews. The Personalization Mall help you find the perfect gift for each person on your list. Surf over to culinarylibertarian.com slash personalized gifts to shop now. Remember, with COVID restrictions, order early for the best chance for on-time Christmas delivery. That's culinarylibertarian.com slash personalized gifts to make Christmas one and done. Now let's get back to the show. Writers, as I see them, have a set of first principles. For fiction, one of them is write the characters honestly. Now, I've dabbled in fiction, and I understand something about what this means. I've read writers explain that the character kind of takes over, and they, the writer, are just the conduit, as it were, for that story, for that narrative. As a reader, I can discriminate between an organic narrative and a forced one. Both integrity as a writer and an honesty to the writing apply for nonfiction. Journalists, and yes, it is a spit-take-worthy suggestion, it's such a thing that journalists do or should have that level of integrity. There are some journalists who keep and maintain that integrity, so they're worth mentioning. It seems fine to say the people in crafts have first principles. Actors keeping honest to the character and painters or sculptors revealing what lay hidden. Maybe people in the medical field have it too. Do no harm. 2020 has given plenty of ammunition to see that not everyone holds that first principle, and that's the point I want to build on after the chuckles. The one thing I know about sculpting is I can't do it. To suggest Michelangelo just 
took away everything that wasn't David really underplays the skill of the craft. Michelangelo got in there and did it. When he was good, Robert De Niro did that. He immersed himself in the character. Raging Bull stands to me as an example of that commitment. Lee Strasberg, the actor playing Hyman Roth in the Godfather Part II uh, movie, invented the style of acting that became named for him, which is, I think, kind of that whole just, you become the guy. Alexander Solzhenitsyn did it, with help from the Russians, but he did it. He wrote what was right. There is, of course, a difference between action, a fictional character, and telling one's story. But there remains an integrity that's necessary. Consider a recent autobiography of a failed presidential candidate. A link to integrity is a challenge to find. First, principles matter. I want to bring this back to Julia. What happens when success fails or when failure happens, even as you hold your principles? And do first principles exist in politics? But first, let's take a moment out for Jake to tell us about his Tasting Anarchy podcast. Hey everyone, Jake here, host of the Tasting Anarchy podcast. Join my co-host Mason and I each week as we explore the world of wine and alcohol through a liberty lens. You can find us on all your major podcatchers, tastinganarchy.com or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is in your drink. I mentioned Julia Child at the beginning and the article How Julia Child Used First Principles Thinking from the Farnham Street blog page. And I'll put a link to that article on today's show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 116. Julia's book, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, then her TV show in 1963, crazy, huh, was the creation of for her first principles in practice. In the introduction to the French Chef Cookbook, the book of recipes made on and about the show, she writes, parenthetically, quote, I myself will not do anything unless I know why, end quote. Why do it is asking what happens when this is done. If I don't scale the fish, what happens? If I don't cook the flour out of the roux, what happens to the sauce? Having a position called a first principle is necessary, but does not make up for the flies in the ointment, as it were. Julia had some of those during taping, including a souffle which fell, an electrical issue which caused her mic to short out when she touched the stove, uh, she would get shocked on her skin. Now, as a cook, speaking of another cook, she did what cooks do. She pushed on. First principles are not always easy to own and follow. From that simple statement I made about Escoffier, do the right things at the right time and do them in the right order, comes the next steps of doing. The restaurant business lives on the margins. 
That means the garbage can is the enemy. When I was in culinary school back in Orchard Hills, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit, I stopped by Maccus Red Fox to speak with Leopold Scalelli, and I'm going to butcher that name, a certified master chef. It was during lunch hour, and he was looking in the garbage cans, and upon finding some asparagus peels, yelled for the sous chef and demanded to know who threw away the asparagus trim. Asparagus peels make excellent soup. That's cash for trash, basically. I didn't get the job. I did later work for Milos Sahelka, the first CMC ever to earn the title. That was at the Golden Mushroom in Southfield, Michigan, just literally a stone's throw away. Well, if you're a good thrower. He, too, was a stickler for managing inobvious value of food. Milos was a hunter and saved beef fat to feed the bears at the dump. But it needed to be ground up. That was my job. Now, when you use a meat grinder, it's a good tip to cover the front end of it with some plastic wrap or you know, a piece of a produce bag or something to catch anything that might spray out of it. Do the right thing in the right order at the right time. I didn't do that. Beef fat and blood sprayed out of the grinder onto Chef Milos's very white, very perfectly ironed chef coat. <laughs> I was horrified when I saw it. I didn't tell him. I'm sure he figured it out when he changed. He always came to work in a three-piece suit and changed in his office. Milos was the ultimate professional. To recognize that a recipe is written poorly or that a procedure will fail seems easy, but of course that requires the knowledge to see that. That comes from years of practice, paying attention, and not spraying your boss with beefy, bloody fat. First principles take effort and diligence and dedication. For the cook, do the right things at the right time and in the right order, creates an efficiency which the business demands. It creates a chef who walks with certainty. For a cook, first principles is a system of accountability. When Julia Souffle fell, it wasn't to ask what happened, but how did it happen? She forgot the cornstarch. People make mistakes even with principles. I want to take a moment in this caca show of an election to ask you if you can identify a first principle from any presidential candidate. There were many. I didn't see one anywhere. A result you prefer for political reasons isn't necessarily a first principle. Free anything college or contraceptives or cars is not a first principle. Those are not the presidents to give away. The highly controversial mask mandates are not based on first principles. Lockdowns are not a first principle. Holding rights in the balance isn't a first principle. 
It's more challenging in politics than in food or theater or writing. As it stands currently, it is almost unfindable. The internet has a growing body of content from Toronto or England or Australia or New Jersey showing citizens being arrested for the crime of opening their businesses over not wearing a mask. I looked for and asked for help in finding something close to political first principles. My friend Daniel at Actual Anarchy sent me a quote from Murray Rothbard. Rights are not gifts from the government. That's me, not him. That's actually Michael Bolden, not me. The Rothbard quote is from his book, For a New Liberty, the Libertarian Manifesto, and reads, quote, Man has rights because they are natural rights. They are grounded in the nature of man, the individual's capacity for conscious choice, the necessity for him to use his mind and energy to adopt goals and values, to find out about the world, to pursue his ends in order to survive and prosper, his capacity and need to communicate and interact with other human beings and to participate in the division of labor, end quote. Now, I know that this is a bit more into specific politics than I normally do. Julia did a show on a proper French omelet. I was shown exactly how Milos wanted his French omelets, and that's his opinion. We served many of them for lunch at the Golden Mushroom. A proper French omelet does need to be a specific shape and a specific consistency inside. As to the browning, or lack thereof, that's a conversation about distinctions of a point, and you're going to find a lot of passion for one side or the other. You'll find no milquetoast opinions about the browning on an omelet. As first principles for life, don't hurt other people and don't take the stuff seems a pretty good place to start. If you start to wonder in what form does harm appear, you start down the rabbit hole of the action part of that principle. Cover the grinder. Do the right thing at the right time. Know why. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Kind of a short episode today. On this Cyber Monday, there is just today to take advantage of the price deals on Liberty Classroom. The master level subscription is the best deal since it includes over 400 videos Tom Woods made on government and Western civilization. I've shared some of those with my daughter who took some of those relevant courses and they're easy to understand. Tom does a very good job delivering comprehensible material in a short amount of time. The biggest advantage of the master level class is you get everything that Liberty Classroom has or ever will have for life. So You can still get the deal afterward, but you get the best deal today before midnight, probably Eastern time. Check that and the link will be on the show notes page. The other deal I want to tell you about is the Tuttle Twins series. These are excellent books for kids to learn 
first principles that you will approve of. The writing is easy to get, and the illustrations really are well done. Creator Connor Boyack is a parent and saw a need, so he filled it. Check out the impressive bonuses and the incredible price, also linked on today's show notes page. Please share this episode around on your social media feeds, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcatcher. And have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.